I want to introduce you today to a lady who was, uh, who was born in about 1815. And uh, she, she was born in Brooklyn, New York. And uh, she was blind from just a few years after she was born. Very soon after her birth, she became blind and, and remained that way for her whole 95 years. She lived, she lived um, for 95 years, which was a phenomenon itself. And uh, she did mission work. She loved writing poetry. Uh, she was a member of the Sixth Avenue Bible Baptist Church in Brooklyn. And uh, she wrote many songs with her, um, with her, her minister, Mike, not Mike Lowry, um, that's a different, Robert Lowry. And uh, in fact, she was one of the most prolific hymnists in history. And she wrote 8,000 hymns and gospel songs, 8,000, with more than 100 million copies printed, despite being blind. 100 million copies were printed. She was also known for her teaching and, and uh, rescue work in missions. And uh, what an amazing lady. Here's the funny thing, you know, some publishers were so hesitant to, uh, to put so many of one writer's songs in their hymnals that she had to write. She used 200 pseudonyms um, behind her songs so that, um, so that they could put more of her songs in the hymnals because she was that pro- prolific and that influential in, in songwriting. And, and as you can see, her, her name is uh, Fanny Crosby. And uh, she is the queen of the gospel songwriters. That's one of her, that's one of her titles. And... And interestingly, in, in, in 1873, when she was, uh, I think she was 40, around 48 years old, she was visiting her friend Phoebe Knapp, and the Knapp home was having a large pipe organ installed. Anyone know anyone with a pipe organ in their house? Thank, thankfully, the organ was incomplete. So Mrs. Knapp, she, using the piano, played this new melody she'd, she'd uh, composed. And when she played it, uh, Phoebe asked Fanny, she says this, she says, what do you think of the tune. And Crosby, Fanny Crosby replies, Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. She just heard this beautiful melody. And she, just, she just said, Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. And there was the birth of that great song right there in that moment. Someone just came up with a melody and a blind lady hears it and says, Wow, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine heir of salvation, purchased of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This blind woman heard a beautiful melody on a piano and somehow in that moment she was assured of her salvation. She was assured of her salvation when she heard beauty. And she goes on, she says, oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. You know, I I wonder whether Fanny... uh, uh, Fanny Crosby was, was suggesting to us that when you see or hear or sense a glimpse of beauty, you know, it's a foretaste of the goodness of God that's yet to come. So every time we see something great or hear something or look at something beautiful, we can honour God and we can go, wow. Oh, isn't it interesting in the first stages of, lo- of our Christian walk, we're, we're always trying to seek assurance of our salvation. Am I really saved? Do I need to, to, um, do I need to give my heart to the Lord again? You know, I made some mistakes this week. You know, and, and I think sometimes we're asking the wrong question. It's not about whether we're saved. It's, is God everywhere? Is God present everywhere? And we need to get new eyes to see that God is present everywhere. 
She, she, she suggests that beauty is a small glimpse of all that is to come. She, she understands just from the, in that moment, you know, she's inspired that this, this, the God that creates creation so that creation can create and, and, then, and create things like that, those beautiful tunes, she's inspired that she is an heir of salvation. You know, what we lost, you know, what we lost in, in, in sin, we now regained through the cross. Now she's reborn and she's cleansed. And then she goes on, she says, this is my story, this is my song, praising my saviour all the day long. She knew her story didn't she? She knew her story. She was, a, she was a blind woman who grew up in Brooklyn, New York and, and, for, and for 95 years she lived and, and wrote songs and, and sought the Lord. Hey, and she knew, and redemption was her song. You know, she didn't, she didn't gain her sight back but she was renewed in her, in her vision of who God was and what he was doing in and around her life. She praised the Saviour all the day long. The question for us is, how do we do it? We've got sight. We've got, you know, we've, we've got, we, we, we may or may not have all of our faculties, all of our senses present at all times. We need to discover, like Fanny Crosby, how do we praise the Saviour all day long? It seems, it seems difficult when we're walking through challenges. But I want to suggest to you today that like Fanny Crosby we do it by acknowledging God in every increment of truth that we see, in every increment of goodness that we see, and in every increment of beauty that we see. See, God is tr- his truth, His goodness, and His beauty. And when we see those things, the th- the we, we need to take a moment and acknowledge that He is real, that He is present, that we are heirs of His salvation. And that's how we do it. We need, our eyes can get open. I, I love what it says in Proverbs 25 too. It says, It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of men to search out a matter. This blind lady, she could see none of the glory of God's creation. She couldn't see any of the, 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 of the good, of the greatness and the magnificence and of, this, of, this, of, the, of, of the creation of God. It was concealed. The glory, the natural glory of God was concealed by her lack of sight. She didn't stop searching, did she? She didn't stop searching for the things of God. She didn't stop seeking the kingdom of God. She didn't stop it, and she found it anyway. She found the glory of God anyway and wrote 8,000 songs. 8,000 songs that have been printed by 100 million times. Can you even fathom that? What an amazing lady. See, our limitation in the natural doesn't have to limit our ability to know and to love God. And here's the suggestion. It's a crazy suggestion that the glory of God is all around our lives. The glory of God is all around our lives, but we don't always see it. And when we do see it, we don't acknowledge it as his glory. We acknowledge it as what it is in the natural. When you, when you walk down... When you walk down to, um, you know, along the foreshore of, of Noosa's amazing uh, main beach, you know, do you take a moment and say, wow, how good is God? Okay. When you see a beautiful, you know, when you're driving your, your, your rusty combi wagon down the road and you see a beautiful Ferrari drive past, do you know what that is? That's the creation of God's creation. 
wow, thank the Lord for Italians. Thank the Lord that God blessed us with Italians who brought up, who made these beautiful creations. How do we do? We see it everywhere, don't we? We see it in beauty. We see it in a piece of art. We see it in a piece of music. You know, and, and, and as we do, we go, in, in, you know, we, we need to remind ourselves to acknowledge the source of all beauty. When you, when you wake up in the morning and, and um, you, know, you go out and you see something beautiful, see someone beautiful, you know, a lot of times we will acknowledge their beauty, which is great. But I, I want to encourage you this morning, take it to the next level. Take it to the source of their beauty, which is the creator of the universe, the king of all kings, and give him glory. And it, it's, a, it's amazing you know, that, that when, we, when we become practiced at these things, I'm guessing that in the early days, you know, Mrs. Crosby there, she was, she, was, she was writing songs, but it became so natural that she saw God everywhere. There's no way you can write 8,000 hymns about the greatness of God unless you see his glory everywhere you look. I want to encourage you this morning that, it is, that the glory of God is everywhere around your life. And that's, you know, we, we know those, those amazing words of the Apostle Paul where he prays in Ephesians 1. He says, open the eyes of their understanding that their hearts may be flooded with light, that they may see the glorious inheritance that I, that I have. See, sometimes we just, it's, it's, it's our eyes that need to be open to the next level. And the, how do you open your eyes? You begin small. You begin small. You open. You know, it's like in the morning, and you, or in the middle of the night, and you wake up, and you, you need to go to the loo, but you, but you're, um, you don't want to fully open your eyes, you know, because you, you kind of want to remain half asleep. So you you stumble your way through the house, you know. It's like that, isn't it? Sometimes you just need to open your eyes a little bit, and just go, oh wow, there's a little glimpse today. I want to find the glory of God somewhere. I want to find it in a friendship. I want to find it in, in a piece of art. I want to find it in something beautiful that I say, you know, I see, you know, I, I, you know it can be anywhere. It can be, you could be watching the, the Anzac test between Australia and New Zealand and, you know, and an Australian crash tackles a New Zealander and knocks them out cold and you can say, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. If it wasn't for creation... You know, that Australian couldn't have knocked that Kiwi out. Oh, it's beautiful. How good is God? He's everywhere. And we need to take moments and say, hey, God, where you are everywhere. You gave, us, you gave us the strength in our muscles. You gave, us the, you, know, you gave us the beauty of creation. You gave us the songs to sing. And we just need to see you behind the beauty, behind the goodness, behind the truth. Because we're looking for those things naturally. We're looking for things that are beautiful. We're looking to beautify our own lives, our own homes, our own cars. We're looking to, 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 to see, you know, to have a safe environment, a good moral environment for our kids to grow up in. We're looking for truth. We want to know what are the things that are going to be sustainable in life. We, everyone's looking for those things, everyone on the planet. But not everyone's taking it a step further and seeing the glory of God in those things and seeing that when we see something good, Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Wouldn't it be great if the, you know, if the first thing that blurted out of your mouth was worship? I don't know about you, but I think that would be cool, wouldn't it? You know, it, almost involuntary. You can just see those two. Something plays away. She goes, oh, what do you think? Boom, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. It's almost like the words fell out of her mouth. God's glory is all around us. It's seen in truth. It's seen in the constants. You know, it's, how good is it when you get the revelation that nothing can separate us from the love of God? 
We might read it in Romans 8, you know, a hundred times and hear it in church priests all the time. But when you get the revelation of that truth, worship. Because he, he, is, he, is, he has enlightened you to the fact that nothing can separate you from his love. I don't know about you, but I, I tend to think things can separate me from his love. I get caught in, in the things that separate me because I feel distant. But we need to get the revelation of truth that nothing can distance you. He is right there. Even when you don't think he's there, he is there with you. Seen in the good. Seen in those, you know, it's, it, it's seen in those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. You know, good, if we think of the goodness of God, if we think of it, you know, as the righteousness of God, we, it's, it's, not actually, it's not actually being perfect that we want to give God glory for. It's the hunger and thirst for righteousness. You know, it's like Eric Liddell. We, we always praise him because he, he didn't run on the, on the Sabbath back in the 20s when he was running in the Olympics. But the reality was the Sabbath was Saturday anyway, and he was talking about Sundays. And, you know, but his intention was about hungering and thirsting after righteousness. For him, that was the Sabbath. With him, that was the day that he set aside. He was hungering and thirsting after righteousness. God's not worried about the exact outworking of the behavior. He's actually looking at the intentions of your heart, that your heart is seeking his goodness, his righteousness, his hope, his, his magnificence. And when, and when you see that, when you see someone do that, you know, give glory to God. Realize, too, that... We're not all in the natural. We're not all heading in that direction. Sometimes I'm nice to people when I don't want to be. Why? Because I'm a servant of God. And I want, and I want to represent him well. Sometimes I fail at it. But when, I, you know, but, but when I see it happen, when I see someone do something great, you know, we honoured Mark and Lynn this morning. You know, I'm guessing on a Sunday, Arvo, sometimes they didn't want to go out and... and um, you know, and, and uh, do, the, do the thing out there. But they did it. They got up and they did it. And we honor them because we want to give God glory every time we see his goodness manifest in a person. And it's seen in the beautiful. You know, we, we know the natural beauty of creation. Hey, I love seeing it in the creation of the creator, of the, creation, of the created. You know, we, we see it. It's, it's very easy to give God glory for the, for the natural beauty of Noosa. But how good is it when you give God glory for, for something that someone has created? See, one of the greatest honours that you can give to the creator is use what he's given you as a platform to create things of beauty as well. When you see a piece of magnificent art, when you're standing in the Louvre looking at the Mona Lisa with a thousand other people wondering why everyone's looking at this one painting, you know, you go, wow, you go, how good is God? That, that a person that's been gifted with the gift of, 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 of uh, you know, can paint something like that. And, we, and people from, from all ages for hundreds and hundreds of years... Are, are giving respect to this piece of art. And we've got to go, how good is God? How good is God that he will give someone such a gift that even, you know, that they are, you know, that they are, um, they are, they are presenting creation in a new form. They're taking, they're taking pigments of ink and of paint and they're putting them on a canvas, both created by God, and they're putting parts of God's natural creation together and creating a second level, a second tier creation. And I go, wow, how good is God? 
when I see a, a, a new car come off the production line, I go, wow, what an amazing piece of machinery. Yesterday I was in, the, in my shed at home working on my 1965 XP Falcon, you know, and I was tubbing the back end so I could put some big fat boots in, in big fat tyres in the rear. And, and I was thinking, this is amazing. You know, God created steel and, you know, I was obviously prepping for my message so I was in the zone at the same time. I'm, you know, I'm thinking, how good is God? that he created steel and, and all these different things and someone put it together, uh, you know, 50 plus years ago and here I am trying to make their creation better. They took creation, to, moulded it into steel, turned it into this car and then 50 years later, you know, I'm making it uh, even better again, I think. You can give me your opinion in 11 years' time when it's finished. The beauty of God is everywhere. The goodness of God is everywhere. The truth of God is everywhere. The key for us is to look beyond what we see in the natural and give glory to the source of all. We've got to keep searching for it though because at the end of the day, what we give glory to is the energy behind our worship. If we give glory to the singer, then the singer is the energy behind our worship. If we give glory to the song, then the song is the energy behind our worship. If we give glory to the house, then consumption is the energy behind our worship. If we give glory to the beauty of the person, then, 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 a, then a person is the source of our worship. God's saying, make sure you're very clear what you give glory to. And saying, don't worry if you don't think you can find it because I am everywhere. Let's read, let's read Psalm 139, 7 to 12. It says this, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are even there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light around me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. God is everywhere. You cannot hide from him. All you can do is not acknowledge him. There's a whole bunch of people in this world who aren't acknowledging God. Let's make sure that we're going out of our way to over and abundantly acknowledge the presence of God in every aspect of our lives. Even in your darkest place, he is there. You cannot hide from his presence, David says in that psalm. He is everywhere. In fact, we read in Ephesians 4, 6, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. There's no stopping this God. There's no stopping him being in your life. He is in, around, and through all things. And our, and our biggest challenge, our greatest challenge, and, the, and I think the missing piece to our liberty is acknowledging him in all that we see. Looking for beauty, looking for truth, looking, looking for, 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 for goodness, you know, and acknowledging the source of those things. So what can we do with all this? Now, some of us are, have very busy lives. We have lots of friends. We have, you know, some of you are, 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 you know, from the outside, look like you've got it all together. You look like you've got great friends, great family, businesses, good. You've got money in the bank. 
but you've, you feel alone. You feel like no one truly knows you. You feel like you've got all these people around you, but no one actually sees your heart. No one sees what's deeply going on in your life. You're kind of carrying on this, these, these relationships and this, this life, which seems pretty good, but there's something deep in there, and you go, oh, I just want someone who really knows me. You're looking for that person. You want, you want someone to know the deep you. But, and, and then there's some of you who are, who are living isolated lives. You just want someone to know you full stop. You just want, you want to be like the other guy with the, with the friends and, the, and everything seemingly working. We can't seem to break into friendships. I want to suggest to you today a new focus and a new prayer. Because I, I think we get caught in what we're seeking in the natural and God wants to, to disrupt the natural and start from a different direction. He wants us to be like Fanny Crosby who, could, who, who was blind. And you know the one thing that she couldn't have didn't block her from seeing probably better than the rest of us. See, the thing that you think is blocking you right now is, not, is, is probably not the biggest thing that's blocking you. So I want to suggest to you a new focus and a new prayer. And it's around those three things. And there's three parts of this prayer. The first one is, Lord, show me your beauty so that I may worship. Show me your beauty around me, Lord, so that I may worship. I want to worship. I don't want to sing songs. I want to worship. I don't want to, I don't want to quote scripture. I want to worship. I, I want my worship to be involuntary. I, you know, I, I, whenever I read about worship in the Old Testament, I cease, you know, I read about someone prostrate, lying down on the floor in awe of this great God. And the, the ability for us to actually be involuntary in our worship is for us actually to acknowledge God. And it starts in the small things. Lord, show me your beauty. And I'll start my worship where I'm at. I'll start small. I'll go, wow, isn't God good? How good was the coffee today? Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Creations, creation. Every time you see someone make something magnificent, they go, wow, you've got the heart of the creator coming out of your life. Every time you see someone create something, produce something, sing something, say something out of the ordinary, say something that they wouldn't usually say that's, that's amazing, you know, give God the glory and say, wow, isn't the creator is living and breathing in this person. Glory be to God. Second one is, Lord, show me your goodness. Show me your goodness around you so that I can give you praise. It's not, it's not natural for, uh, for us to put others before ourselves, is it? It's not natural to do that. And uh, so, when, you know, when you see someone give respect to God and their neighbour, take a moment and praise God. Because the goodness of God is not natural. It's, it's someone who's actually aligned their life with God and he's flowing through them. You see, we get, I, don't, I don't know about you, but I, I can, one of my biggest battles is, is all the things that I want out of life. I want you to like me. I want to have, you know, I want to, I want to have spaghetti bolognese every night of my life. I want to have you know, multiple short blacks on tap, straight out of the tap with no mess. You know, there's all these things that I want, and it gets in the way of me putting you first in my life. And we all have these things, don't we? We all have things that put, put ourselves in front of other people. So let's, when we see goodness, let's give God praise. 
when we see someone put God and others before, before themselves, let's thank God for that. Let's take a moment and say, wow, God is good. Doesn't even need, sometimes, you know, sometimes you see it outside of the church and you go, oh, well, they're not even saved. Tell you what, they were created in the image of God the same as you were. They may not be giving God the glory, but the goodness of God is in them. It doesn't take salvation to, be, to put someone else before yourself, but it takes knowing God to give him the glory of being the source of that goodness. So pray those prayers. Lord, show me your goodness around me so that I can praise you. And then the, then, then the last one, show me your truth that I might give you thanks. You ever have those aha moments? You know, you've been saved for a while and you're reading the Bible and you go, oh, I get that now. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. And you go, wow, when you have one of those moments, when you discover a truth, when you discover something that, that, is, that is powerful in your life, give God thanks. Give God thanks. Say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for that revelation. Take moments. You know, sometimes we, we get it and, 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 and uh, we miss the response. The required response is, is always worship, praise and thanksgiving. They're the three kind of responses that God wants from his people. And I want to encourage you this morning, there are many things to, to, to give God worship, to give him praise, to give him thanksgiving. Okay, so that's kind of the outward direction. Let's just take a little moment and have a look inward. Prophet Joel, in, uh, in 3.9, 3, God's speaking through him and he says this. He says, wake up the mighty men and women. Wake up the mighty men and women. And then he goes on to say, let the weak say that I am strong. See, it's not a matter of finding mighty people. It's a matter of waking up the true and the good and the beautiful within each of us. What makes you mighty is already in there. What makes, you know, what, 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 what makes what the things of, of truth and beauty and, and, and goodness, they're in there. And a lot of it is about waking them up. It's about, it's about partnering with God and allowing his goodness to flow through you. And as you worship him, as you give him glory, you go from writing one song to 8,000 songs over your lifetime. See, when you, when you clearly understand, like Fanny Crosby, that your story is the story of redemption and it becomes your song, then your life is simply an overflow. It's simply singing that song out day by day. And for one person, it might be actually writing a song. For another person, it might be dealing with an investment. For someone else, it might be, it might be building a house. For someone else, it might be creating a meal. It doesn't matter what it is that, that you outwork. What matters is, who are you glorifying as the source of all that is beautiful, of all that is good, and all that is true within you? See, from God's perspective, watching you learn and mature and, and just generally be yourself is one of his greatest pleasures. I always think about what gives God joy. And I think, you know, he's, he, he, you think of these supernovas in space, and you think of creating the earth, and you think of him actually just... Just making stuff, does, you know, bring, does that bring him joy? Maybe it does, but you know, the pinnacle of, of his creation is you and I. And I think when he looks at us, when he watches us learn and mature and, and it, when he watches us live out our own lives and be ourselves and not try to be other people, I think that brings God joy. You see, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter 
but the glory of men to search out a matter. The greatness of God is concealed in every one of our lives. The greatness of God is in you. The thing is, is to search that out, to search that thing out. How do we respond? How do we respond to God? You know, and I, I think we, we, we all have this unique ability to give God something that he wants. And that thing that God wants, I believe, is this thing called faith. Agreeing with heaven. You see, when we give God the gift of faith, when we agree with heaven about who he is and about who you are, he's got joy. You become free. You start living according to who heaven says you are, not what your yesterdays declare that you are. My yesterdays declare that I'm a very different person than who heaven declares that I am. My mistakes of yesterday, my successes of yesterday, declare me to be this person. Heaven says, you're a son of the king of all kings, and you are created in the image of God, and I have a plan to do great things through you and in you and around you. And if I start to have faith and agree with heaven, I I, I tend to bring God joy and to walk in his will. So I'll leave you with this thought. Here's the problem, though, with agreement. I'd like to agree with heaven, but I have made too many mistakes. I'm so far in debt that I can't see my way out of it. I've been hurt so deeply that I can no longer trust. I want to trust, but I can no longer, tr- I can no longer trust because I've been hurt so much. I've, I'm, de- I'm, in, I'm in depression because you know, too many things have chipped away at my life and, 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 and they've taken on. I want to just suggest to you uh, just a couple of words that David, that, uh, about King David in 1 Samuel 22. King David's hiding from Saul, he's trying to kill him, and he's in, he's in the cave of Adullam, and he's got 400 people with him. And these 400 people with him there, they become the, what's known as the mighty men of David. Now, here's the other thing, that everyone who was with him was either in debt, bitter, or distressed. They were the people who gathered with David. These future mighty men of David were in debt, distressed, or bitter. That was kind of the, the makeup of the cave. David and 400 in debt, distressed, and bitter people. Good times. And they gathered to David. He became their leader, and they became mighty. How good is God? You know, we have a, you know we've... We've got a debt-obsessed nation and world. We've got a, we've got a, a crisis of, of blame in our society. We've got hurt people blaming. We're in the most litigious season of, of all history where people are suing everybody. People are saying, who is to blame for what's going on around this place? And we have this crisis of distress. Depression is, is, you know, is epidemic in, in, in our nation. And I think, wow, What are we going to do with this? And here's the beauty of the gospel of heaven. As we gather to him, as we commit to him, the in-debt become mighty. The distressed become mighty. The bitter become, the depressed become mighty. See, what happens when you begin to see the goodness of God, when you begin to see the beauty of God, when you begin to see the truth of God and you, and you worship out of that space, you give him praise and thanksgiving, when you do these things in response to looking for God, your life changes. See, your prayer shifts from being, Lord, save me, to, Lord, show me your glory. 
It's a very different prayer, isn't it? One prayer is about him solving you. The other prayer is about you acknowledging his goodness. And here's the crazy side game that's happening. You change. You get free. You get whole. Because you realise who heaven says you are. We're so busy trying to get heaven to solve who earth says we are that we're missing the fact that we actually have a different identity. Faith really is your heart being fully persuaded that he is able to do what he says he can do. I am fully persuaded that nothing can separate us from his love. Nothing can separate us from his love. I am fully persuaded of that. The last verse of, of, of Fanny Crosby's song says, Perfect submission, all is at rest. I am my saviour, am happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above, filled with his goodness, lost in his love. You know, the, in the book of Titus too, it says this, it says in verse 13, it says, Looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearance of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why doesn't the the band jump up? Here's the prayer today. Here's the prayer that I want you to take away. Lord, show me just a glimpse of your beauty, your goodness, and your truth so that I can worship, praise, and give thanks. If you spend a week with that as your prayer, just for a week, lay lay down the requests of God. To, to, for your own life and ask him to show you glimpses of his goodness, glimpses of his truth, glimpses of his beauty were all around you and take moments this week to worship him. Why don't you stand with me this morning? Let me pray with you. Thank you, Father. Father, for your people today, Lord, We are in awe of your mighty grace. We thank you that your beauty surrounds us, that your goodness surrounds us, that your hope is present everywhere and that that your truth are pillars all around us, Father. And Lord, we, we repent for not looking for them, Lord, for not seeking them, Lord. And this morning we ask that our eyes become open. Lord, that as we, as we, in the morning, we, as we squint and open our eyes, Lord, to see the new sun, Lord, that we would give you glory for your creation. As we see people create things, Lord, we want to give glory for your creation. We want to worship you, Lord. As we hear something beautiful, as we see someone hungering and thirsting after righteousness, Lord, as we, as we, as we go out and we see you, Father, we want to give you all the glory and the praise. We want to be known as people of praise, Lord. We want to be known as people of hope. And Lord, begin in our hearts that we may see where you've concealed things lord help us to discover what you have concealed help us to find your glory that you have hidden lord so that when we discover it we can acknowledge your magnificence so father for every person in your house today lord i ask your blessing and your favor and your hope to be upon each of them in the mighty name of jesus we pray amen